here is a dad. He's in the NICU with his little preemie baby. And he decided he's going to sing. And not just sing, but worship with his baby as he's holding him. You can hear the machines in the background that are helping to warm the baby, help the baby breathe, you know, the different apparatus to help the baby get healthier. And this little baby is swaddled, so his little arms are down in this blanket, and he slowly works his little arm out, and it raises in praise and worship during that song. Yeah. And Dad, I don't know if you could tell, he kind of... A he's, little bit. He's, yeah, he's he's tearing up. He is. He's crying, and the baby's starting to make sounds, whether it's, you know, hearing Dad sing and is responding to that. Little baby's name is Remington. I love I, the name. I do, too. And Mom, Mom's name is Emily, and she was just, like, talking about this on social media. She was filming it, put it on TikTok, and was talking about, man, I knew. I knew in that moment. That that was my man. Uh huh. That was the one from me. That was the confirmation that I did marry the right one. Yeah. <laughs> right. Absolutely. I mean, he's singing praise and worship to their brand new little baby who's fighting for his life. And it gets so emotional. Uh. Oh, that is just so beautiful. I don't know when you really realize. Yeah, the one I married was the right one. But what would be your story? You're listening to Rob and Liz in the morning on his radio. There comes that moment in your life that you know, hey, this is the one that God really did bring me right after you get married. It's Rob and Liz in the morning, his radio. Roy texted and said, I knew I married the right woman when after years of me hurting myself, her and others with my addiction, she got him through it. He said, so now he's over five years sober. That's great, Roy. That's Congratulations. So proud of you. Uh, here's Nathan at 800-447-7234. How'd you know? Well, we've, we've been married now 21 years in February, and she says these ones she'll pick up like some clothes or shoes and say hey look at these ones and i'm like what is these ones and now she now she's got me saying i'll pick up stuff and me and the kids are out shopping i'll say hey look at these ones and i have to catch myself and i say look at these yeah but these ones that confirmation she was in he started saying it as well. Isn't that great? They were perfect for each other. You're listening to Rob and Liz in the morning. On his radio. I love this so much. Rob and Liz in the morning, his radio. David plays soccer in Australia. Well, I, I better say football at this point because it's football everywhere football. but here, right? Yeah. <laughs> so here is David playing football all these many years, has never retired. Now, usually retirement or you age out of professional type of sports in your mid-30s. Some last into their mid-40s. Or try. Or try yeah. to last into their mid-40s. Some try to go into their 50s. And every now and then they can. I mean, there's anomalies, you know. David is 79. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. And he's still playing like professionally? Yes. <gasps> yes. What? His 80th birthday is Wednesday and he's still going strong. I think that's incredible because, I mean, if you're playing 
shuffleboard or cricket, golf, obviously, mm-hmm. you can do, you know, into your 80s, 90s, whatever. But soccer is, it's a little dangerous, too. It, it can be. The league he's on is the over 45s. But still, you're 79 and you're playing against a 46-year-old and you're holding your own? And Good these, on you. These games are long, like 90 minutes to play soccer games. Maybe they have a lot of second and third and fourth and twelfth strings. He is on the entire time. He's out on the there. field the whole time? Yes. So he's one of the better players. At 79. Okay, good on you. I so want to do this when I'm 79. Be active in something. I want to be active, but at the same time, I I don't know about 90 minutes playing soccer. Hey, me, I would be in. I want to be. I want to be as athletic as I can be for a long time. Mm -mm, I want to be sitting in a rocking chair, bunch of babies. Yeah, bunch of babies just crawled up there. You're listening to Rob and Liz in the morning. His radio. So Fledge is along with us at 800-447-7234. And Fledge heard about that guy who's just about to turn 80 this week who is still playing soccer today. Like a 90-minute game the guy is still playing. That, that's amazing. Unreal. And Fledge is like, wait till you hear this. Okay, what is it, Fledge? So I was 16 or so playing with a 21-year-old. I was playing ice hockey. And we had this gentleman, and he was 65 years old. And he played with us. And I tell you what, to have him on the ice and to learn from this guy was absolutely incredible. He had been playing hockey for so many years. All the experience and everything that he can teach people? Absolutely. I mean, 65, this is when I was, you know, 15 or 16. I mean, he was 65 years old, and he was still on the ice playing games with us. You're listening to Rob and Liz in the morning. His radio. This is absolutely amazing, especially for paleontologists, which my son Eli wanted to be one when he was a lot younger. He loved dinosaurs. Oh, I love that. Absolutely loved dinosaurs. But about five, six years ago, they're just coming out with this. They found an entire animal skin and animal armor that coats with spikes and almost all of its body and feet and even face fossilized for a dinosaur. Oh, wow, because it's usually not intact like that. No, not at all. It's usually just the bones. Yeah, a bone here, a bone there, and then they put them all together. Yeah, yeah. and they they say they're learning a lot. They even know what they think the dinosaur date, or ate as its last meal. Oh, that's kind of gross. Yeah. That's sitting heavy for th- a thousand years But or this is a first that they've ever seen a dinosaur like this. So they literally see its face, the facial structure, the type of skin. Now, it's not; it's still fossilized, so it is stone. But you see the all of it intact. It's absolutely amazing. That is wild that you can really see where the eyes would be, The even the jaw. It almost looks like a, is it a stegosaurus? Uh, that's what it looks like to me facially anyway. So it's kind of cool. It's a something or source that I cannot pronounce. <laughs> a something a source. There's a new breed yeah. right there. Yeah, I used to have a dad joke. I would eat Dorito sources all the time. <laughs> and someone would go, Dad. You're listening to Rob and Liz in the morning. His radio. Jen and Macy got a hold of some friends of theirs that were going through something and they said, listen, we need you, the friends to Jen and Macy, to help us out. See, we have a loved one who passed away, and they started this knitting project. And we want to see, Jen and Macy, if you can complete it. 
Well, they did. And this family was like so grateful because now they can wear what their loved one was making before they passed away. Yeah. And it inspired the two ladies to take it even farther, not just, you know, uh, start and finish with this one project, but they, they started a company or a foundation called Loose Ends Project. And what they're doing is if someone who, let's say they're in the middle of cancer and they start knitting a scarf or uh, even making a quilt, this kind of thing, they can finish the project if that person passes Isn't away. That beautiful? I think so, too, because it finishes that last project, and the family can then cherish um, that item, whatever it is, a hat, a scarf, you know, uh, for the rest of their lives. A thousand people now volunteer for Loose Ends. Yeah, to help knit. Isn't that crazy, uh, or, amazing, right, cool? Or finish the project. And, and I don't know if they're, you know, expanding beyond just knitting or quilting, but maybe it's cross-stitch or some sort of pottery that they were in the middle of making. So. I never would have thought this would never. be a thing, you know? But there's people, that's what makes this, that's what makes this world so amazing is that you and I might look at this and go, oh, I hate that they didn't get to finish this. And these two said, you know what? We can finish for them and bring closure to a couple of things. You're listening to Rob and Liz in the morning on his radio. Preacher Rob, he is pretty adventurous. Um, Roy, not Rob, sorry. Uh, so he had a birthday recently, and so on Tuesday, this past Tuesday, he decided he was going to jump out of a plane. Good for Preacher Roy. Right? He, you know, gets the parachute on. I don't know if he jumps tandem. Anyway, he jumps out of the plane, does his thing, gets to the ground. He says, you know what? I'm going to do this again in two years. I'm going to celebrate my birthday in two years because I'm going to be 100. Wait. So he's 98 and jumped out of a plane? 98 years old. Oh, come on. Wow. And I don't know if this is the first time ever, but he jumps out of a plane for his 98th birthday. That is amazing. In the world. So I would love to know about Preacher Roy and his background, if he's just one of these guys that's always, you know, on the roller coaster doing the adventurous things. Sounds like it to me. I know. But when you see his YouTube channel, you can tell he is healthy as a horse man he's just amazing there's no like uh catching his giddy up at all like he's just walking along just as and, smooth as he can go and i think he has his own youtube channel or yeah something. he does he does that's um, amazing to so me I, I don't know if it's just uh pastor roy doing the adventurous things on his youtube channel or he has some sermons there you know well you can tell he has sermons because he's got a makeshift uh podium yeah in front of his house window Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so he's doing his thing at he's home. Got his YouTube channel. Yeah. So jumping out of planes and everything at 98. Pastor Roy gonna do it again in two years. You're listening to Rob and Liz in the morning on his radio. Had no idea that Waze is bringing on brain haze. Is it brain haze? I guess I get that. I can see that. How? Because you're not paying attention, it tells you to turn right, it tells you to turn left, it tells you all these things, and you're not really thinking it through. You're just being a robot. Pretty much. Yeah, that's what I do. And so here's what it says. They, they're they now saying these are the experts that if you don't use real maps and it's always GPS, it could prevent dementia using the real maps. Well, Breaking see, it out from time to time. I see that, but I'm not real good at, at following maps at all. I tried. I've tried. And it doesn't work. So I am using my brain, though. It's not really working for me, but 
I'm trying to use it. So what they're encouraging some people to do is, okay, you're not going to be able to use it every time you go out and you travel somewhere just to get across town. But it's like, try it the next trip or do some things that are adventurous that you'll need a map to use. That's a good idea. If you're going to, you got a little time on your hands, you're not in a hurry to get somewhere, maybe try to use a map. Yeah, I remember right before GPS was the big thing. What was it? It was almost 15 years ago, I think. Oh, you could probably. start getting them and putting them in your car, yes. which made life so much easier. Mm-hmm. Was we would get the uh, Rand McNally Road Atlas maps and just get them first each state that we're traveling in and open it up and there you go. Did you map you it find out? Find your way. Yeah, did you map it out before you left? Like highlight it and all that good stuff? No, but I think Scott, if I remember this correctly because there was a time that you could actually print out some things. And so when you print them out, I think Scott used to do that, didn't you Scott? Oh yeah, I remember you had to print it out and then, you know, hold it in the car and follow follow along on your uh, <laughs> route. <laughs> Was the good old days. MapQuest? It was MapQuest. Okay, because a lot of, yeah. not a lot, there are certain people that still will do that. Print out the and, MapQuest, instead really. Of yes. a, I know a few. Yeah, yeah, right? Instead of using Google Maps or Waze or, you know, whatever whatever the case he, is. Scott knows a few. Who? Yeah. His I won't wife. say names. Call them they out. They know who they are. Is it your wife? Call them out. <laughs> your wife? And, it's and your you know wife? Funny? No, no, no. no you know, I just, my wife gets on to me because I constantly use the GPS. She says, stop looking at that thing and just drive. And I'm like, I need to like have a visual of where I'm going, you know, just, to get there. I can just see you so, with the steering wheel. Just just traveling along, not knowing where you're going. Where am I going? You're listening to Rob and Liz in the morning. On his radio. Boy, that's a big pizza. It's Robin Liz in the morning, his radio. Yeah, it's Pizza Hut, and they're celebrating. They brought back one of the pizzas from, like, the 90s called the Big New Yorker. So it's just this gargantuan-sized pizza. Um, and so what they decided to do was really do it up big. They go to L.A., and they make a pizza that's 14,000 square feet. Didn't they make it on, like, a football field or something? Something like that. I mean, think about where are you going to do it? Not a dining room table. That's uh-huh. for sure. So here's the deal. It's uh, almost 5,000 pounds of sauce, almost 9,000 pounds of cheese, and 700,000 almost pieces of pepperoni. And I don't think you can eat it because they didn't put it on a pan. It's just on the ground. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. You don't get the crispy corners. And yeah, it's mm-hmm. it looks really rough. But you know, it's we're talking. A lot of pizza. You know, we're talking about it, and that that was the end game. So it's a lot of pepperoni it has a, a lot of heartburn. That's what it's that a is. A lot of waste. You know, I'm hoping that they were able to take it and repurpose it somehow. So they they put like tape and some sort of flooring down. They did. Yes. So it wasn't like disgusting floor people walked on. Right. And it wasn't on top of AstroTurf or grass or dirt or anything okay. like that. So nice. maybe you cut along the edges because that's going to be the gross part. And there's some way to repurpose it. And I don't think it was cooked. I think they just plopped no. all the stuff on it, right? Yeah. So hopefully what they can do is find a crust and put all those toppings on it and feed feed some people. You're listening to Rob and Liz in the morning. On his radio. His radio, I don't think I can do it. Campbell's Chunky Soup? Mm-mm. It's It's like, it's a filling soup that makes you feel filled. Huh? Yeah. 
That makes you feel filled. Yeah, because it's chunky. It's got more sustenance to it. Well, that is true. That right? split pea and ham, that stuff is oh, good. Oh, now I'm just hungry. Young. I know, right? I'm just right? hungry because yeah. chunky soup and stuff. Yeah. They got a new blend coming out for yeah. the chunky soup from Campbell's. Yeah. It's it's really nice, especially is if it? you like ghost peppers, because this is now, for a limited time, the chunky ghost pepper chicken noodle soup. No. It's available online. No. You have, you have to fill out a waiver before they send it to you. Well, that makes sense. They don't want to, in case your intestines don't like what's happening. They say that that's not a legal document. It's just a joke, but they still make you sign it anyway. Well, yeah, because <laughs> if something were to happen and you go, that Campbell soup is what did it. So it's supposed to be just like the uh, chip. Remember the chip challenge? Yes, I never did it. It's supposed to be something like that. You know, Scott Watson, he loves the spicy stuff. So I can see you, Scott, getting this chunky uh, soup. I'm tempted, but I'm to the point right now in my life where excessive heat, if it's going to be painful to eat it, I'm going to pass on well, it. Well, have some ginger ale <laughs> ready. But ginger ale and a bread. scary good. This I know. Soup does it? sound scary good. The ghost pepper chunky soup ghost? thing? No. Oh, I did that little uh, gummy bear, that hot gummy bear thing, habanero gummy bear. I've never heard of that. Just barely put my tongue on the thing. I was done. Oh, Ow, like really? Eyes, I'm like... so sorry. I did the chip. It was not bad. Really? Mm-hmm. So did you, how, did, how much of the chip did you I eat? I ate it. The whole chip? Yeah. You just eat it, swallow it like a chip. You feel it like 10 seconds later, but it did not knock me down to the ground. It didn't make you nauseated? because no. I, I hear no. That there have been people that have um, lost their lunch it does it. afterwards. It does that to some people. It didn't do that to Scott. Ugh, no. Just why? Why do we Why do we want to do these things to ourselves? I don't know. Scott? I don't know. Okay. Torture. Thanks. <laughs> You're listening to Rob and Liz in the morning. On his radio. I don't know about a rescue story from this chunky Campbell's ghost pepper chicken soup that they're coming out with. Ooh, I'd have to call 911. Right? Yeah. I'm tempted. I kind of want it. You have to you have to sign a waiver, they said, yeah. to do it. They said it's nothing legal. It's kind of a joke, but still sign it anyway. Would you if you want this stuff that they'll mail to you cuz you got to get it all online. Ugh. Andy's here at 800-447-7234. What about this soup, Andy? I would try it. I I grew up in Indonesia and Malaysia. Anything hot is my way, you know. Born in Indonesia. So what brought you to America? Well, my parents are missionary. We're missionaries to Indonesia. Went to boarding school in Malaysia um, almost my whole life. I'm now 47. Obviously, I've been in the States for, you know, since 19. <laughs> How many times have you been back? Oh, I haven't been back since, I want to say, 2001. What do you miss about that part of the world? The people, the culture, the food, everything, I guess. My family just went on a cruise, a Christmas cruise for the first time. I was counting how many people, Indonesian people, I spoke to, and it was so fun to, like, speaking their language and they're like what what is this white person how do they know my language <laughs> so it's it's really really fun their faces and stuff and then just getting to know them and talking to them so yeah indonesia is part of my i i call um, my son jokes with me because we did a, a dna test and i was like man i'm not asian <laughs> oh no you're listening to rob and liz in the morning on his radio if you're making your oatmeal right now at this very moment, getting ready to pour water or milk in it, stop! Stop! Not now. Hold on. Hold on. Don't pour it in. Don't pour it in until you hear this. It's Robin Liz in the morning, his radio. Don't use milk. 
Don't use water anymore for your oatmeal. No. Instead, use tea. Yeah. Make a cup of tea. Your favorite flavor. And then use that to moisten and to flavor your oatmeal. I never would have thought about it, but it's genius. Really? I think so. I thought it was grotesque, but hey. No. No. You add water to your oatmeal. Mm -hmm. That's the way a lot of people prepare it. My mom used to do that and then pour milk at the end. (laughs) Anyway. To cool it off? Sort of. And then make it creamier. And so you had parts of your oatmeal that were hot and parts that were cold. (laughs) Hated it. (laughs) So the tea thing, like if you want to make a blueberry hibiscus tea, now you're going to have a blueberry hibiscus oatmeal. So it's going to taste like the tea. I think so. Okay. I Worth love, a try, I, I guess. Right? I love this idea. Absolutely. So from now on, oatmeal tea or tea oatmeal? So here's the thing. You do have to factor in now making the tea first before right. putting it on the oatmeal. But Instead you, of just throw the tea bag in with the oatmeal and then yeah, try to put it in the mic. That would be gross. Yeah.